Hello and welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Chris Doyle to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we look back at Celtic's dominant Betfred Cup semi-final victory over Hibs as the Hoops once again reign supreme at Hamden. We look deeper into Mohamed El Yunus's performances as the goals keep coming for the Southampton Lone Star. And what about Jeremy Frimpong, the 18-year-old who arrived from Manchester City who's going from strength to strength with his all-action performances. We also look ahead to the Betfred Cup final next month against rivals Rangers and where that match can be won and lost. And we also look at whether Neil Lennon's football on display is the most thrilling since perhaps even beyond the Brendan Rodgers era. So Chris, how are we? Yeah, good, especially after the the Hibs game uh, the weekend for Celtic. That was a brilliant performance, really, um, and through to the final against Rangers. So, you know, that was 30 cup games in a row, which is really an unprecedented mark. And just, yeah, going even back to Brendan Rodgers, and that's just a brilliant achievement, really, for for Celtic. Um, and, yeah, overall, it was just a well-deserved uh, victory for them. Yeah. Hamden, obviously, Saturday evening. These are games under the lights less than common for club matches it's more for the national team and often when the Tartan Army foot soldiers are rolling up to Hamden there's a sense of dread of a, another poor performance but on Saturday evening Celtic supporters were in fine fettle obviously going to watch their, hoping their side would make a fourth Betfred Cup final in a row and for Hibs a defiant set of supporters come through from Edinburgh obviously fully aware that their side had very inconsistent but there was this crackling atmosphere inside Hamden from the first whistle and the game Really lived up to it. Uh, what were your thoughts of the match itself, Chris? Yeah, you're right. Um, the half five kickoff isn't necessarily a normal one, but it was sort of obviously a great game for the neutral. But it's something about you know playing those games under the lights doesn't happen. You know, every game. So it's like I think overall just having both games in the same, like the the weekend. Um, it's just exciting for Scottish football because I think both games are good. But for the Celtic one, yeah, like they just kind of came out and on the front foot and. 20 minutes they were up 2-0 and I think they just knew that Hibs were almost like a wounded animal they, and that's what Lennon's message was to teams like like this team are low on confidence you just need to come out stamp your authority in the game and I think after that 20 minutes you know they did, just didn't really give Hibs that opportunity to put a foothold and I think yeah game plan just kind of went to exactly how it was set out and yeah just the dominant force kind of tuning up and Hibs had their spells in the second half when they had to throw everything the, like tw- towards the game to get back into it but you never really fought I and mean, they had a few chances um, obviously and they got a couple goals themselves but you never really Celtic were in control kind of the full just from the first minute to the last and they could have scored a lot more than five really I don't think they were at their clinical best but enough to score five so <laughs> it's still pretty good going. And I think for Hibs, for all their faults, uh, which probably Hibs fans are right in their, are many, uh, they're, they're always in games, Hibs. They're either going ahead or pulling back. They, they managed to hold Celtic to one each draw at Easter Road. But 5-2, obviously Hibs had a, a decent spell towards the end of the game. But Celtic, they just, they're just they so confident in their abilities, the, the way they're able to get bodies forward. And I think one man who's really starting to show his true credentials is Mohamed El Yunusi. A player who arrived at Celtic uh, at the end of the transfer window, won confidence. He's a uh, 16 million move from Bale to Southampton. Didn't work out. He really struggled to settle in the Premier League. But Neil Lennon is really getting something out. This is a special player in the sense. There's work ethic. He's a, he's dovetailing brilliantly with Odson Edward, getting in position for goals. Another two on Saturday. What do you think of uh, El Yunusi as a player, Chris? Yeah, I mean, just the past kind of six, seven games, he's really 
come on and just kind of you can see why maybe Southampton did shell out 16 million for him you know I mean he's just kind of I think it's kind of credit him you can't really pinpoint like his best attribute the fact he just does everything so well you know he makes it kind of look effortless just always makes the right pass the right run do you know what I mean he's got that eye for goal he seems to be you know like doesn't waste many chances doesn't misplace many passes you know he's got enough speed about him he's got that enough trickery and it's just kind of like everything you would want kind of in a wide man and you're right he's got that kind of kind of defensive work rate kind of that work ethic that really that Neil Lennon will love um and sort of will help having like I think maybe even like that's why Ball and Golly's like really came on to a game was because He's kind of now got that cover in front of him that maybe he didn't have with Mikey Johnston. Well, that's very true you know, because Elianus so he's got so much. Like, you would think the sixteen million winger, all this, so you'd you'd expect more, um, maybe lacking in work ethic. But this guy is tireless. But that this guy doesn't yeah, stop. That's the thing. When he first came in, I had to say like I hadn't seen him really much at Southampton or before then, so I wasn't really. I was like six minutes. This guy could be kind of like like Mikey Johnston, quite a flashy winger, you know, skillful flair. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's the type of player he is and I've kind of been surprised by sort of you know that's you're right he's kind of got that defensive side to his game and but I think you're you're right you can see like Len absolutely loves having players with like kind of that work rate in the team with McGregor, Christie, you know Brown I think that's why he's kind of cemented that place and um, on the left wing and maybe why you know these other players are just not getting a look in uh, I know Johnson's just he just made the bench there and came back from an injury, but I feel quite sorry for him in a sense because he was feels like he was really coming on to something this season and he kind of had a great preseason. He was the best player in preseason and then uh, had a good start and he obviously he's had had those an injury that's kept him out and it's now it seems like you don't know like obviously there's a lot of games to play so he's going to get a chance but you're you're thinking like you don't really see like if El Unice keeps his form up that like you know like the Mikey Johnson's going to like get back back in like sort of cement that starting play this, this season but yeah Elianus he has been absolutely brilliant and he was the best player by quite a quite a stretch and on uh, on Saturday I was at Neil Lennon's press conference after the match and he was obviously beaming delighted with the way Celtic are playing but he obviously had a note of caution with Elianus making the point that obviously that 16 million price range Celtic spent 9 million odds on Edwards 7 million on Christopher Julian so that's maybe a bit rich for Celtic wages as well would be an obvious stumbling block, but this is a guy, you know, he's a player, you can tell he's very close to Maurice Bauer by all accounts, he gets on well with compatriot Chris Ayer, he's enjoying his football, stranger things have happened than um, you know, say potentially extending his Celtic, who knows, another loan or somehow yeah. uh, Celtic can make it happen, but this is a player of obvious quality in a team jam-packed with players of quality, so what do you think's moving forward can you see him just getting better and better over this next second part of the season moving forward yeah I think so because it seems like he's just like he's got that confidence now and as you say he's enjoying his football so it seems like he'll just kind of be able to keep that going hopefully and I think it's funny how like Foss, uh, Fraser Foster he's also came from Southampton so there's obviously a comparisons there but there's comparisons and how the kind of trajectory of what's happened to them in the past few years is that Foster was having such a Terrible time past few seasons, you know, loss of form, loss of confidence, comes over to Celtic. All of a sudden you've seen, like, he's just so happy to, like, it seems like just kind of, like, personally and just feeling wanted by the fans. And I think El Unissi is, like, he's um, he's came over and he's, like, that's kind of the, been the same deal. He's absolutely 
just loving playing regular football, enjoying this football, playing well, and then having that kind of being kind of within the club of kind of Celtic stature, I think. Um, and then, so you know, ne- like you never know if like what can happen. But I think you're saying that, um, and be- when you got asked the question about El Unicis, you know, potential permanent move <laughs> when is when it's over, you had to kind of Lennon had to kind of like smirk in his face. He was kind of like he obviously brushed off the question slightly, but he was like just kind of like you know hold on, <laughs> like we've got it's, he's not our player, um, but he kind of had that smirk. They kind of like well, he's going to like at least look into it because why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, and you never know like if Southampton, you know, if they go down this season or something like, do you know what I mean they might they may have to get uh, sort of part ways with some some expensive players. You don't know if they could maybe afford his wages, what he's on, but you know if he keeps playing like this and sell, it's, it's going maybe going to be similar to like type situation Patrick Roberts, like falling in love with I think it's you know and sort of falling in love with these lone players and then like them not like kind of then them going back to the club. It's like almost like you're sorry to see them go, but then they get then again if they come and do it like have an impact like you know like say like. Roberts has like in even like in a way last season for a sense, you know what I mean? Like he was there for only for six months, but he talked so highly of his time at Celtic and it seems like El Unity is having that kind of same impact um so far. So yeah, you're right. I think for the rest of the season it seems like he's he's nailed nailed down that starting spot and I think he can just kinda keep scoring, you know, just like linking up with Edward so well. It seems like they formed a really good partnership now and I just see him kinda you know, I mean, now is it even coming into the con- consideration for like, you know, p- like player of the season because it's early on and everyone was like, oh, Christy had a great start and we're talking about him being, you know, he's going to go on and win player of the year. But I mean, really, if El- I know Morelos for Rangers has had a brilliant start to the season, he's going to be difficult to sort of, you can maybe say how he, he if he keeps scoring at this rate, he'll end up winning it. And But yeah, El Unissi is going into the consideration, I think, uh, which is a thing to f- you wouldn't have thought that when maybe you seen his first... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've seen his first maybe like four or five games as Celtic, but I generally think with the form he showed the past six, seven, if he keeps that up, like he's going to be considered for even that award. And But Celtic are just going to really benefit from that, aren't they? Yeah, and 100%. And I think, I think you nail on the head there just in terms of how, how much he's got a sense of belonging at Celtic and players really feel that straight away. Yeah. Another player that um, appears at home at Celtic, loving life, Jeremy Frimpong. Now, that signing on the deadline day, 18-year-old from Man- Manchester City, Lea Connor just signed for Manchester United. Greg Taylor was the kind of big deadline day arrival. But this player's, Jeremy Frimpong, is some, a little bit special, isn't he? He's, I was making the point he's maybe the fastest Celtic player since Didier Agat, who played more of a wing-back, and that's pretty much what Frimpong's role is. Celtic, a fantastic uh, driving left-back in Kieran Tierney. Now they've got someone on the other side who can do something similar as well. He has been excellent, hasn't he, since he's come into the team. Yeah, I mean, I think he could be the fastest player in the league. I know you can't really... <laughs> that's like... You can't really tell Well, maybe that, we could get them together. Maybe we could get a race <laughs> But I did see there was a point that was like... It wasn't actually... It was interesting. There was many... There was a point in the game where like... Um, he was tracking back and I'd just seen him like that amount of ground he covered in like such a short space time to close down the defender I know he's not known for his defensive side of his game but to be fair he won a couple that, of headers as well like yeah. he's starting to get, for yeah, someone who's like, quite slight he's, see, he puts himself about I know exactly and he'll only improve in that aspect going forward and the fact Celtic got him in a four year deal I mean, that's that's brilliant in itself um, and maybe they'll hopefully now they've he's had this instant impact they may tie him down for even longer um, but he certainly seems to be enjoying 
obviously you kind of not getting that chance in, uh, with Man City and you think watching them you're like why did Man City even sort of part ways with him because there's obviously a player there and it's only four games and everyone is starting to see that but it's just like yeah going forward just that kind of modern day fullback and you know they oh, a few times he had like, just the, like you know he's it's just his his pace from like a standing position yeah, as well that's he kind of had track, the front yeah, like, track he's, he's just stands the defender up and almost just like um sort of yeah, he just shimmies and just, like away, dip the shoulder, and he, he's he's past the, his defender, and he did that a few times. Uh, got got a ball in uh, into the box, and yeah, he's. If you wonder if like El Hamid, neither's just such. Uh, I mean, even Bayer, there's just such great competition for places that right back, which was this the summer with uh, Lustig going, and then them not really addressing that position right away. It seemed like it was going to be a real position of worry going into the season, and then. Like what? What can that? Things can change very quickly because you're just saying like, oh, Celtic almost have like a wealth of riches at that uh, at that position right now. And yeah, yeah, it's wonder how many games he's Lennon's gonna like play him in terms of you know he's a young player, so he, you know, does he deserve to just kind of he's playing well, so just keep playing him, you know, and ride that kind of wave, or like just try to like holster him a wee bit and. You know, he's still a, you gotta know, and Lennon will know that because he's got that experience with young players. Because um, and just kind of keep keep on rotating them, like bring El Hamid in for the game against Lazio. Will he, you know, or will he keep with Fring Pong? But away from home, you kind of think that maybe he'll go with the the more of the experience. But playing it like he seems like he's every every game he's played against prem, Premiership opposition, he's just just looked like a level above, hasn't he? So yeah. just such a great start considering yeah he's only played like a handful of matches. <laughs> Uh, and we turn ourselves to Scott Brown, the man of the moment. Obviously, his, his form um, this season has been excellent, uh, and he was a doubt head coming into the game as well. Obviously, an injury doubt. He'd come off early in the midweek game, uh, and it was right up till kick off. Neil Lennon gave him every chance to make it, and what a performance on the pitch! This is a guy who is it's easy because he is Scott Brown. He's such a big personality. He's been doing it for so long to underplay his significance. I think the second half performance is as good as he's ever played on us. He was phenomenal, winning tackles, breaking up play, finding passes, and uh, helping himself to a deadly double as well. It's been a long, long time since Scott Brown scored two goals in a game, and he was um, he was just a man amongst boys. He was, um, he was the best player in the park, wasn't he, Chris? Yeah, uh, between sort of yeah, you're right. Between him and El Unity, I think it's there's it's up for debate, but certainly there's a lot of good performance out there, and Brown was one of them. And I think if there's any other player, um, in terms of the, the game, um, a few days ago, they wouldn't he wouldn't have actually made he wouldn't have made the game. I mean, he said himself when he got injured, he was like, I, "Oh, um, I I know my own body now." Like that, you know, that experience, like it's one of those things you don't think about, but he essentially gave that kind of self diagnosis. He was like, "No, I need to go off because I felt something." before it got bad uh-huh. essentially and how actually vital that proved because such a big game coming up he didn't push kind of push to the limits like might you know a player with less experience might have done to, to worsen the injury and all of a sudden you're out for a while so then that he gave himself every opportunity to make the game because um, he knew obviously playing against former side that's one he wants to play if semi-final you know anything can happen and he know he wants to play that game and him just having that awareness to essentially sub himself <laughs> um the, the with the previous game i think that worked really well and yeah just you wouldn't know that he was carrying an arc because if he seemed like he was just continuing his great form uh and i think he was like don't get me wrong i think it's a favorable like that mid the midfield he was up against is like just plays into his hands because i don't think hibs really have 
they have those, you know, Malin, Stevie Malin, you've got Scott Allen, like those kind of flair players. I think Vela, I think was, a, Vela was Vela, a little player, but he came he off had, and he, yeah. he wasn't in the level. I, like I think that's the thing with problem with Hibs this season. They don't really have that. They've lost, they lost Mark Milligan and uh, Marvin Bartley like for the summer and they're really missing kind of having that defensive mid. Um, and I just think Brown was easily, I mean, kind of, it was almost like he didn't really have to get out of kind of like second or third gear. He didn't, it, you know, he just to like overpower that midfield. It was so easy for them. Um, it was just a, yeah, but just a great performance. Then you see in the second half when, yeah, scoring unlikely again two goals, but the second goal, you know, as you're saying, he was like towards the later stages of the game, like he's driving, driving forward to a counter-attack. And, you know, you, you just, you, you think Brown, you know, people say like, oh, he's, Age has caught up with him, and it just seems like you know. Then he will just remind you, like, no, I've still got it. It's it's really quite something. You just don't actually know. You could feel like he could go on for like a good couple more seasons uh, easily, but yeah, he's so important. He will be so important for Celtic again, especially away from home um, against Lazio. And he's just been he's had a brilliant season um, and really kind of just appro- like sh- proving the crit- critics wrong once again mm-hmm. um, for a captain's performance. Yeah. So we're heading December 8th, Scottish football, big games. Celtic have been involved in so many big games in recent years. A treble, treble, there's been so many big moments along the way, but few are as big as this. A cup final against your biggest rivals. Steven Gerrard going to win his first, looking to win his first trophy. Um, you get Neil Lennon desperate to show that Celtic are the top team. Proved at Ibrox already this season that Celtic have got more than enough to deal with what Rangers can offer. Keith Jackson makes the point that Scott Brown... He's a man of his obvious abilities that he just now more than ever wants us to keep going, keep driving Celtic forward. Gary Ralston making the point that this is Rangers' biggest game in 91 years. A massive moment for Rangers to announce their return back to their best. It doesn't get much bigger than this. What kind of game can we expect, Chris, at Hamden in the final? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a <coughs> quite a cagey affair, to be honest. Um, I, I think Gerrard's going to learn a lot from the first old farm game just in terms of maybe giving his side at least a chance to be in it with kind of the last 30 minutes ago I think he made changes in that that day they was like you know I think he played quite like a narrow midfield um he was almost thinking too much about how to counteract Celtic and then changed like things and you know went went away from what his side were doing well early in the season and it kind of completely there was too much change completely backfired and Celtic were just so dominant so it finished like it finished 2-0 but really it should have been a lot more like Celtic were just seemed like they were much better I, w- I would say don't ex- for Celtic fans I wouldn't expect that kind of same kind of to have as much have their own way you know like but I do think like Celtic are playing better than you know they could they can't like at the moment obviously don't know how it's gonna be in December I think they're playing better than they were in that first game so I think they go in the favourites, but you know, a cup game, anything can happen. And I do think Gerrard's going to learn a lot from that last one. Um, but I guess, I guess you think the the players were going in, Celtic players were going in full of confidence because, as I said, they were just so dominant that that day. They do think like we are much better than this side based on that, that last performance. Uh, but you're right. I think the wider implications is that it could have a, you know, whoever wins that, it could give such a huge kind of lift in terms of like the race for the title in a sense. I know that's months away from that but you could imagine that like that could give such a huge confidence boost and it really could actually could end up the winner of that could end up being like sort of could decide the fates of like how the rest of the season goes for either side and 
I, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a tight one to call, um, just because it's a cup final. We haven't seen an old firm cup final actually in quite a while, can, considering you know they've met semi-finals. We've not actually seen uh, seen a final, and I think that's just exciting. It kind of puts a bit more glamour in, in the Betfred Cup, <laughs> to, if, if you're if, to be honest, just because like um, it's obviously seen as like kind of the lesser of the three competitions in Scotland. So I think overall it's good to see both sides meet in the final because they're two best in the country. Um, but it's just it's going to be tight to call. But I think you have to give Celtic the edge um, based on the last performance. So for the Celtic fans who left Hamden Saturday night, they were treated to a thrill ride of a performance, and that's becoming uh, commonplace under Lennon. The, after Lennon came in temporary charge, uh, answered Celtic's SOS after Brendan Rodgers left. I think the biggest complaint for Celtic supporters was maybe the football was a bit pedestrian. I think he's caught I think about a halfway house between Brendan Rodgers' style and trying to implement his own. But the football so far this season has been a joy to watch and that's maybe bringing up the point that the Brendan Rodgers over his um, two and a half years as Celtic manager, the first season was filled with great football, especially at the start of the season. In the end, they finished really strongly. Mm-hmm. Patrick Roberts was flying. But it's just on a, Celtic every week are playing football at a level that it's really kind of it's hard to match. Is this the most exciting Celtic team we've been able to watch in a long, long time? Maybe Martin O'Neill's team sometimes get away by being a bit direct, but they, they were able to really put some patience on Scottish teams. Is, is that the kind of level Celtic are playing at right now? Teams are genuinely scared to come up against them. Because Brendan Rodgers was all pos- a lot of possession-based. Yeah. This is absolute thrill-wide stuff, but it's up the pitch quickly. Players moving multiple positions. What, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I think the both... Both Rogers and Lennon, like both, both the way they set up their teams, like they both have made it, and they were both both brilliant in their own right. Um, so it's hard to. But it's is hard this to the most genuinely exciting? The Rogers for all his qualities, a lot it was possession based. Sometimes two 0 here, three 0 there. This actual football for a supporter. To, this is the dr- dream football. This is the blueprint or well, the yeah. green print, maybe in Celtic's case. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they they are they're be they are more direct. You know, they aren't playing that kind of. It's, it's, you know, they are exciting they're scoring more goals I'd say obviously and creating more chances so yeah it's exciting it's exciting to watch but you could maybe argue that like yeah they leave a lot, some more spaces in the back but I, th- I think it's more it's, I think like I think they were they were both excited they were both exciting to watch Rodgers and Lennon but I think it's the I think the thing that will please Celtic fans more isn't that it's just there isn't that it's just exciting to watch it's the fact that like the thing that held Brendan Rodgers back was it, his uh, way of playing didn't translate into Europe. He just he did he didn't he wasn't like able to you know adjust to almost have like that plan B to maybe sort of carve out a result in Europe. But I just think like so far from what we've seen with the qualifiers is yeah Lennon can have that high flying you know that uh, thrilling football uh, in the Premiership. But then when it, when going into Europe he he tweaks it a little bit and they can still get results in Europe. And I think that's what's most exciting for the uh, Celtic fans because. Under Rogers, was uh, under Rogers, <laughs> Brendan Rogers. It was really um, uh, frustrating that they would essentially go into these games in Europe and just get manhandled, and all of a sudden you'd be like, "But we're like they were playing that unbelievably amazing football uh, in the league, so why isn't it translating?" But with Lennon, you're it's, it's now seems like he's getting results in both competitions, and I think you know at the end of the day, like Celtic want to go as far in Europe as possible, whether it be the Europa League or the Champions League. Um, and they certainly don't want to be, you know, some campaigns uh, under Rodgers was like, you know, bottom of the group, getting beat at home, you know, but that, that the game against Lato just shows that, like, you can actually come up against, Celtic can come up against sort of the best in Europe or 
certainly very good quality sides and get a result. So I think, yeah, they're both exciting in the, the way they play football. They're both different in the way they, uh, they set up their teams and they were both exciting in their own right. But I think it's actually more the more important kind of aspect is Lennon's, that Lennon's way of football is, you know, Lenny ball, <laughs> if some, some are calling it, is um, that's translating into Europe. And I think that's what makes, I think that will please Celtic fans the most, to be honest. Well, that's perfect. I think it's a great way of summing it up there. That's all from us this week. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.